Hello, everybody. Dreadful Talk Time, episode 27. I'm coming to you live from Lake South Lake Tahoe, California this time. Um, had to get out of the city. Um, you know, it feels great to be up in the mountains, going snowboarding on Saturday. You know, pray for my knees. Hopefully, I don't, you know, wreck myself too hard. Um, and I have a very special guest for you guys this week. Um, like you, you know, like most of us, huge dog guy, loves dogs. And this week's guest, Logan Collins, helps, you know, rescue dogs, helps foster dogs, you know, helps find them a home uh, and just really does fantastic work. I'm a big fan of her work. And uh, let's go ahead and bring her on. It's episode 27 of Dreadful Talk. Let's get this show on the road. Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, do you mind just turning that phone sideways real quick? Oh, yeah. No, no, you're good. Oh, wait, then, this uh, way. There you go. This hey, way. if you want to rock it upside down, that's fine, too. No <laughs> worries. Um, but, yeah, I really appreciate your time. Um, this is episode 27 of Dreadful Talk. And uh, for everybody watching, listening, this is Logan Collins. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to let you just kind of introduce yourself, let people know, you know, what you do, who you do it with, and then, you know, we can just kind of dive in. Okay. Um, well, I'm Logan Collins. I am one of the co-founders of 405 Animal Rescue. And so what we do is, you know, whether it's, a, we mostly do dogs and cats, but whether it's, you know, an animal that's up for euthanasia, an animal that's been dumped, an animal that's been given away, a stray animal, a hurt animal, it doesn't really matter where they come from, um, or, you know, age, breed, anything like that. Um, we try our best to find a foster home, raise funds to get them treated medically, whatever it is that they need. And then once they're, you know, good to go medically and behavioral wise, uh, try to find them homes. So we have foster homes. I think that we have, I mean, it's, it's at least around a hundred, it's probably over a hundred foster homes, um, That's for awesome. dogs and for cats. Yeah. And just since May, we, cause we were just incorporated in May. We all did rescue stuff before with other rescues, but we are just incorporated since May and um, we've already had 300 animal adoptions. So oh, we were yeah. like, oh my gosh. I mean, it's, it was super awesome. We knew, that, we knew that it would take off, I guess, but not as much as it has. It's been really, it's been really awesome. Yeah, man. I think, I think it's like that, that, that thing, right? Like I, I, I really believe most people like want to do good. And like, especially when it comes to animals, you know, like who, right. most people out there, you know, want what's good for animals. But most people are also just whether it be lazy or they just don't know how to go about it or just I think it just takes that initiative of just somebody mm -hmm. like yourself kind of just, you know, like, hey, this is a thing now. And then, you know, once people see that it's a thing, like people won't go out of the way to create the thing. Right. But when they see it's a thing, you know, they want to be a part of it. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying like that's actually a good thing. Well, and another thing is I think that the whole concept of fostering and even adopting animals is fairly new. I mean, mm. I didn't really know anything about it until, you know, the last couple of years. And I think that, I mean, my family, we've always, you know, when we are ready for a new animal, we would, what kind of dog do we want? What kind of cat do we want? And we would search, you know, who is breeding those kinds of dogs. We didn't know anything else. Um, and I think I just started seeing Facebook posts, you know, like a few years back and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And I had no idea. So I think just, getting the word out there more makes people more comfortable with the idea. So, I mean, they're educated more about it. So they're like, Oh, it makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's definitely fair to say. Um, so, so like what made you kind of 
take that leap from being somebody like, oh, I like dogs, I like animals, to like, oh, like, I'm going to actually dedicate a large portion of my energy and time and, and, and really, you know, go that extra mile with right. Um, I, so yeah, I've always, I've always liked animals. I mean, not in a, not even in like a, I don't know, not even in a huge way. I've just been like, oh yeah, animals are cute. You know, that dog's cute, whatever. Never really cared that much. And I, my family got a dog and my brother was 12 years old at the time having to take care of this dog. And it was just a lot for him. So, you know, the whole family was helping out and stuff. So I started helping out and I was like, wait a second, I really like this dog. And so I, when I left, when I moved out of my parents' house, I was like, can he come with me? And they were like, well, sure, I guess. And he's like, he was supposed to be a 30 pound dog, like little tiny thing. He's like 75 pound pit mix, you know, like he's huge. And I was always like the little fluffy dainty puppies. Um, so I kind of just bonded with him a lot. And I mean, I, I call him my soul mutt now. I'm like, that's my boy. But um, I think I guess just seeing his progress through training and just different issues that he had, seeing him overcome those things and helping him through that. I was like, okay, this is really cool. Like I really am a lot more interested in this than I thought. So and then like I said, Facebook posts and just different groups from different rescues or shelters and stuff. I was like, that's really cool. So once I got in a position where I was able to foster, um, where, you know, I had a house and a yard and stuff like that, then I just did it. And I was like, this is fun. And I just never stopped. And (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. The the other. Oh, go ahead. Oh, nothing. I'm just saying I love just like regardless of like what it is, I like when people like put their mind to something and then like see it all the way through and put that effort and it's clear that's what you've done. So just, you know, respect to you on that front. Well, and the two the two other co-founders for 405 Animal Rescue, like we all met each other as just fostering animals and just became friends and decided, hey, this is a mission that we all have and we want to see, you know, how far we can take this, how much we can do. Um, You know, I don't want to just stop with just fostering. Let's start this whole big, I don't know, this whole big group and get other people involved. And so it's been, I don't know, like I said, it kind of took off and we didn't expect it to that quick. (laughs) No, that's great. That's great. What a great thing to take off. Um, Matt, so like, yeah, I think I just want to touch on something because you mentioned like, you know, once you were, you know, older and moving out and getting your own place and you have a dog then, it's a completely, completely different experience than having a dog as a kid that say, right. you know, your parents are buying the food for you. your parents are, are bathing them or whatever the case may be. Like, like that blew my mind because I had dogs growing up mm-hmm. and um, my relationship to those dogs. And it's kind of makes me sad thinking about it, like in retrospect, but just being real, like it was nowhere near the same to like my relationship that I have with my dog now that like, right. I, like I'm paying them vet, vet bills. I'm buying the food. I'm walking them every morning. I, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. those things it's, it, I, I honestly like, cause on one hand, you know, who doesn't have great childhood memories with a dog, but on the other hand, and this is going to kind of transition to another part of the conversation. Like I feel like a lot of parents make a mistake by getting dogs for their kids. Like yes. I can even speak from like, I'm not speaking from a soapbox. I'm saying looking back on my own life, how yeah. I treated those dogs when I was a kid and just what I knew about what being a dog owner meant and like the, the gravity of the responsibility and just right. how much those dogs can feel and think. And, and I, you I don't even feel- understand the amount of effort and money and time that goes in yeah, as yeah, a kid. It- Exactly. And and everybody just wants to get their kid a dog. And, and, and 
do you find as somebody who essentially, you know, finds homes for these dogs, do you feel like that's the origin of how these dogs become homeless? I feel like, cause that's just a narrative. Like, what do they say? Like uh, anecdotal evidence. Like I've seen a lot of that in my life. You either right. get a dog and the parents are working too much to take care of it. Or do you see a lot of that? Yes, we see a lot of that. We see a lot of, you know, Hey, my kids, we adopted this dog, the kids, when people say this, they're like, my seven-year-old swore that they would feed the dog every day or let the dog, and I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you even thinking in the first yeah. place? No, that's but, on you for yes. believing a seven-year-old, exactly. I'm like, what in the world? But yeah, people will say, you know, my seven-year-old or my 10-year-old swore that they were going to help take care of this animal, and now I don't have time to take care of it because they're not doing anything, but like, can you guys take him where I'm taking him to the shelter? And so that's a huge thing that we see once it's not a cute, fluffy puppy anymore and the dog is big and the dog is, you know, you're having to potty train it or you're not exercising the dog. So they're being destructive. And so they're like, oh, my God, this dog's terrible. I'm like, actually, no, you're just not taking care of it. Um, oh, but that's man. actually another thing that we ask, like when people want to adopt from us, we ask, like, are, like, why are you wanting to adopt a dog? And you have to check mark. There's a few boxes. You can say it's for myself. It's for me and my family. I want my other animal to have a companion. There's different things. And one of them says as a gift for someone else. So yeah. if somebody says that, because also, you know, you'll have like a boyfriend that's like, or a husband that's like, oh my gosh, I want to get my wife a, a puppy for her birthday, you know? And then it's kind of the same situation in that sense. If they haven't talked about it, he's like, I just want to surprise her with something cute or vice versa. But no, that's a huge deal when yeah. things are as puppies or kittens are as gifts. And then once they get bigger, they're not cute anymore. Yeah, that's so uh, that's so gross to me. I but I gotta say, at one point in my life, it wouldn't have been like I've kind of yeah. like gone through this transition to where like when I was younger, you know what I mean? Like I looked at animals kind of like in not inanimate objects, but like I just didn't really understand how much of like a soul and like a, a, the emotions they had. Like yeah. I really didn't grasp that, and like uh, and I don't know. I've just learned so much since I've had my most recent dog. And also, I want to say for those people out there like that are doing this, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because having a puppy is low key, like the worst part of having a dog. Like they're cute as all, you know, all get out. But you know what I mean? Like everything that comes with it. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare having a puppy. Yes. So, and, and then like, like nothing's better than like a five, six, seven year old dog. Like they already know how to dog. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You can take them on a short walk and then they just chill on the couch with you the rest of the day. I'm like that. Yep. I, I told myself, I was like, I, I foster puppies, but I'm like, I'll never like adopt another like baby, baby puppy again. I'm like, get me out of that puppy phase because that's, that is the hardest part of it. Yeah. I'm dealing with it right now. Um, so I have like a little multi poo and she's like six years old. She's an adult dog. And then mm -hmm. upstairs, um, there's like a brand new puppy, but I, I think it's an Airedale, I think, and it, but it's uh -huh. like twice her size. Is it like scruffy? Yeah, like yeah. wiry hair. It's like twice her size, but it's an absolute puppy. <laughs> and so like just watching them, their dynamic together has been ridiculous and also made me <laughs> thankful I have an adult dog for You're sure. You're like, thank the Lord. I'm not going through that right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I got to say, do you – I feel like stray dogs and stray cats are like looked at like very differently. And like, do you, do you notice like a big just difference in like people's attitude or like even the process of finding them a home or like, just like, cause I feel like people, like when people see a stray cat, like I feel like people know cats can catch mice and like right. cats are more self-sufficient. I mm -hmm. feel like people don't feel as bad for stray cats or is that just my country? No, I, 
No, I definitely agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Even where I live, like, or especially, I'm in like my neighborhood, but especially, you know, even just all around Norman, I hardly ever see stray dogs. If I see a dog that's loose or something, most times, you know, it's a dog that got out of his fence or something that belongs to somebody. There's stray cats everywhere. (laughs) And I think people, I don't know if cats are just more resilient. I really don't know that much about cats. I want to know more about cats, but I don't know if cats are just, yeah. I'm like, where do you guys go? How are you staying alive? It's freezing cold. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They can like jump off buildings. They're, they're superheroes. They have nine lives. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I just, I I noticed that I, I, I noticed that people, but I also feel like on the flip side of that, as the whole gift giving, I feel like more people yeah. frivolously get dogs. Like people just get dogs and be like, oh, we'll see what happens. Like, I feel like cat people get cats. Like they've already had a cat. Yeah. They know how to treat a cat. I feel like people just be getting dogs willy nilly or like, I don't I know. know. And it's crazy that it's that way because dogs need so much more training and structure and attention and exercise all that kind of stuff cats can kind of do their own thing and they kind of want to do their own thing in my experience they're like don't really mess with me I mean feed me and leave me alone but so it is kind of funny where I mean I feel like it would be the other way around yeah yeah definitely um so like do you feel like there are any like misconceptions about like fostering dogs or like or like stigmas or like maybe even adopting a dog because like I feel like people be treating dogs like it's the new iPhone or the new the new you know just the, the new purse or just like like oh yeah. I got a full bred this I paid twenty five I got a doodle yeah and, 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 and yeah it, but but so and it's to me it's gross because I'm not a very like materialistic person anyway Same. like like yeah. and, and, and so to me like trying to flex a, a multi-thousand-dollar object is kind of lame, but when you, that multi-thousand-dollar object is living, breathing life, it, it's yeah. just even that much more disgusting to me. I really do think it's disgusting, and I've had to really, I used to get really, like, angry about it, like, mad at people that I knew. I'd be like, I have a family member or a friend that sees all these dogs, you know, or all these animals that are being posted, hey, this dog's gonna die, for no reason other than, hey, the family was having a baby and decided they didn't want their dog anymore, but you're going to go spend $4,000 to get some, you know, designer purse dog, like you said. And I'm just like, I just don't understand it. So it used to make me really upset um, to the what? point where I was like enraged about it. And I was like, I have to, I had to get to the point where the things that I know now, seeing what, seeing what all I've seen in rescue and being involved it's common knowledge to me now, but it's not common knowledge to like the general public. So I'm like, okay, I, I need to you. not. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of struggle with that too. Cause like I said, I went through a very like, you know, transition of understanding of when yeah. it comes to animals. And so like, even if I was looking at my like 16 year old self or something, I would probably mm-hmm. be judgmental as hell. So, you know, you yeah. gotta also remember, you know, people can learn people like people, these people aren't unredeemable. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, I feel like just kind of an interesting little like I like to look at things from like a societal perspective and it's like there's only two people that two kinds of people that like spending a lot of money on a dog like super rich bougie people or like super ratchet ghetto people like yeah. no no in between there's no middle ground it's and, it's uh, kind of true it's kind of true yeah, it's no. it's really it really is so stupid and so like I said it makes me mad and I've had to get to the point where I'm like okay I feel so strongly about this issue. 
I'm not going to reach anybody or change anyone's opinion or views on this or get them to come to the light side or whatever, you know, if I'm being hateful about it because I'm upset. So I just need to make sure that I'm educating people and doing my best to just share the actual truth of everything and not come across as, hey, I'm I'm judging you. Um, Because no one's going to want to work with me or my rescue or do anything like that or want to even change their opinion if they think that I'm judging them. So I've had to get to the point where I'm like, okay, take your personal like emotions out of it and just, just have the facts there. Which should the facts speak for themselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's for the greater good for sure. Like, and and there's also the fact too, like if somebody's already, you know, bought a designer dog or whatever, like they they have it now. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't, like like, maybe you can change their mind for the next dog they get. But you know, as of now, that's, that's what they already just spent his money on the dog. Oh yeah. I mean, my family has, my my family my my mom's favorite kind of dog is a Bichon Frise so it's like a little fluffy kind of looks like a poodle and so she had one you know years and years ago the dog lived past of old age and then she got another one which this was still like eight years ago and like I said the whole fostering and adopting thing is still kind of new to a lot of people so she got that dog you know we all love that dog but the next little dog that she got was a dog that she adopted so I was like not that we don't love your little breeder dog like she's awesome but (laughs) yeah yeah and then then in a way like and it's a kind of a stretch but in a way like even them breeder dogs are like sometimes getting saved because you know what i'm saying the breeder yeah. conditions or or it's it's not a, it's definitely not a loving like warm scenario for those dogs so it's it's not yeah. all bad but it's definitely not the preferred yeah. you know method no i of- agree i agree those dogs need to be saved too it just stinks that the cycle has to continue to get them out of yeah. that situation that's the only thing that i hate because you know, I'm sure you've seen the whole Petland thing, like opening but, in Oklahoma. But but please dive deep on that. Actually, yeah. I'm gonna give you the floor because you know me being out here in, in California. Yeah, you know, I, I've been kind of a little bit removed, but I have seen your post and a few other people. So yo, know, just kind of enlighten me and the viewers. Okay, so Oklahoma is like one of the top states in the United States for overpopulation and um, euthanasia rates for dogs. Ah, so like Oklahoma leads in all the worst stats. I swear to fucking God. And I'm not saying that to shit on I'm Oklahoma. Like, no, I'm saying that to like want better. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're not doing great, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, but, but, but continue, sorry. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, so we already have these huge, huge problems. I mean, every single rescue in Oklahoma, every single shelter in Oklahoma is constantly, constantly overrun and full to the brim to where like there's not even enough people to foster these dogs sometimes. So there's not enough uh, kennels at the shelter to, to take in all the dogs that we have because people, Oh, and also we don't have spay and neuter laws. So a lot of other States are able to manage, you know, their euthanasia rates and their overpopulation rates because they have spay and neuter laws, which in Oklahoma animals are perceived by law as property. So dogs are property. So that like the spay and neuter stuff, euthanasia, it doesn't really matter to lawmakers and officials and stuff like that, which sucks. So we're out here trying to fight this overpopulation problem, fight for spay and neuter laws, all this stuff, clear the shelters, get these dogs out of there. And then we have two stores come open up in Oklahoma. One's in Tulsa and one just opened in Oklahoma City called Petland. Petland gets their puppies from breeders and puppy mills like if you look up the conditions of these mills it's disgusting like you would Uh, cry or vomit or something you know what i mean it's like it's bad 
Um, and on top of that, you know, they're charging five to $10,000 for, yeah, for um, even mixed breed puppies. I mean, yes, they have full blood puppies, but even mixed breed puppies, they're charging that much for. And so many of them are sick when they get adopted. So these people adopt this. Like, this has already happened. This has already like been told to us by vet partners that we use in Oklahoma City, that these people go and adopt this dog for $7,000 thinking, you know, it's a teeny tiny puppy. They think, okay, everything's great and fine. Then they get home and the puppy has parvo, which yeah. is super, super deadly. And then they don't have enough money for the treatment. So it's just like, what is happening? Man, if you don't got enough money for the treatment, don't buy no $7,000. Don't buy $7,000. Oh my God, people yes. suck, man. Oh, I yes, swear. it is uh, crazy. Yeah. That's so, so pet land. And that's, that's not like affiliated with like pet smart or anything no. like that. It's like its own thing. Yeah, yeah, and they're everywhere. They're all around the U.S. and they have terrible. I have a, they have a terrible reputation for just like all kinds of horror stories, like what I just mentioned. But Oklahoma is like the last state that needs that one of these stores, it. and now we have two. Oh my god, that sounds like some straight like Corella Deville type shit. Like, yes. oh my god, damn. Yeah, it's no, crazy. You, you, you hate to hear that, um, man. So kind of just we already talked about you know dogs as gifts. We've already talked about. Um, you know, some of these puppy meals and things. Mm -hmm. What are some other like leading causes of, of like, you know, dog homelessness? Like, is, like what, I'll tell you first thing, a lot, a lot of things what happened here in the Bay, people get their dogs stolen. Like I have a little multiple, oh. like we legit got to like watch out. Like, like sometimes it's homeless people. Sometimes it's somebody don't, they'll literally like do like a ransom scheme, like take your dog and then wait till they see the reward poster and like, it, it's scandalous. But oh my like, gosh! Yeah, yeah, that's scary. Up. Like, oh man, I would. It's one of those things. I wish somebody would try that with me. But anyway, <laughs> yes, uh, I'm like, like, I will come after you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm not playing that. But like, so like, what are some other causes you see? Like, do you do you think some of them are just accidents? Like, they get out of the yard and get lost, or you know, do you? Do, what do you? I mean, I know there are scumbags out there who yeah. like release dogs on the side of the highway and fuck right. and shit like that. Like, what are some, or do you, I guess there's not really a way for you to know how these dogs became homeless. A lot of it has to do with, like I said, the overpopulation and the spay and neuter thing. If people would spay and neuter their dogs, you know, if there was some sort of law that prevented again or made people do that. Um, but I think the main thing that we see is people have dogs and they have an accidental litter. Yeah. But then they'll keep, but then they still don't fix their dogs and they keep having accidental litter, accidental litter. So then, you know, there's 10 puppies two times a year that are being given away for free in all these towns in Oklahoma. And then, you know, the puppies, like I said, the puppies cute for a little while and then the puppies on a chain in the backyard yeah. with no shelter, stuff like that. Um, I think the main, main thing is the accidental litters. And then, you know, yeah. Man, the, the the education problem there's such an undereducation of this of all these issues that so somebody gets a dog and they don't want it anymore like i said animals are viewed as property so then they will take them out i mean we have went out me and the other team members have went out to i can't even tell you how many locations we've went out to out in the middle of nowhere where somebody's like hey this dog is skin and bones and has been eating like sticks and rocks to try to survive for the past two weeks can someone come get him and it's like a dog you know that knows how to sit and shake because he was somebody's dog at some point and then they took him out there and dumped him it's just crazy the dumping and the accidental litters i think are what makes it makes all the difference 
Yeah, yeah, and, and I gotta say for those you know watching, listening on different platforms, like I'm not saying this from like a like a high horse perspective because I'm guilty, and when I, I'm talking like elementary school age, you know right. how guilty how guilty is a kid at that age? But like I've right. done a lot of this fucked up shit we're talking about, like and it, and it really kills me knowing what I know now. Like I shit you not, like I get nights, you know, I like night. Like, I legit get sad thinking about some of my old dogs and maybe how I didn't give them as good of a life as they deserved and shit. And um, so, A, you know, people just know that, you know, you can learn, you can change. And, and also, like, I think, and, and, and this is going to relate more to my probably my Oklahoma viewers than some of my California viewers, but, like, there's this concept, this notion, like I said, which I fully participated in regretfully, mm -hmm. of, like, country dogs, Right. I'm sure you hear that shit all the time. Like, oh, that dog don't need to come inside. That's a country dog. That yep. dog only needs to eat, you know, every every couple of days or, or just bullshit kind of just tropes right. that get thrown out there. Because like I said, I grew up hearing that shit and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fucked up. And like, you know, yeah. like I said, if you're a kid and you're just like, oh, okay, you don't that's know normal. Any different. Like, but, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes for anything that you would think. And I mean, not just animals, but any kind of situation. Um, or like, I guess your view on any type of situation as a kid, you only think how you only think like what you're told or what you hear. So your parents, your family members, you know, so I've had that experience too with animal things. And I, like I said, I didn't know it was just, I think it was like my last year in high school or maybe it was right the year after that I started thinking differently about this stuff. But I think that everybody, until you know, this kind of stuff, I think everybody could say that they've had situations where they're like, Oh, you know, it's fine. Or that dog's an outside. Dog. I mean, any kind of thing like that, accidental litters, all that kind of stuff until, you know, man, I grew up in neighborhoods in Purcell, Oklahoma, where like every single house in the neighborhood, and I'm not exaggerating, had a dog in a chain. Yes. Like, and that's Oklahoma. Oh, for those that don't know, watching from California, that is Oklahoma o in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, like drive, Oklahoma, drive through yeah. Oklahoma city, drive through Oklahoma city. I have to, I mean, like I, I, my, my job, I just, I go to different companies and stuff. So I'm always driving through just like random parts of Oklahoma city and it kills me. It kills me because I'm like, I can't stop and just take this dog out of someone's yard, but it's on a chain. I'm like, it's 30 degrees outside. Yeah. It's sprinkling. And there's this dog is just sitting there shivering. I'm like, yeah. And, and it sucks. I mean, Oklahoma city animal welfare, they're great. All of the, all of the animal welfare officers do the best that they can it's yeah. just there are so many cases so totally. many cases they don't they don't they couldn't possibly have time to oh, get yeah. all or of these the resources dogs. yeah or the resources definitely yeah no it's and, and for those you know aren't familiar oklahoma has some of the worst weather literally in the world like like yeah snow in the winter time 110 degree summers with 90 percent humidity tornadoes and storms all spring long like a cold ass windy ass fall like for those, yeah. you know, maybe watching from the Bay Area or whatever, like the Oklahoma's weather is like the last weather you'd want to leave a dog outside in. Like, and, and so like when I first moved to the Bay Area, just talking about like cultural differences, I, and I was on the wrong side of this. Like when I first moved here, I was like, oh my fucking God, everybody babies their dogs. Like, it's not your kid. Per I, mean, I was one of those <laughs> douchebags. And I was like, and I, mean, I see like, your posts of your little baby now. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. I've seen the light. Like I've come full circle. So like, that's why I wanted to just like emphasize the people that it's not just like, you know, a couple bleeding hearts. Like I used to be kind of on the wrong side of this. And I'm an example of how, you know, you can just kind of progress and just realize like nothing's worse than like, a, oh, that's just how things are type of person. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I'm the type of person I got to question, like, why am I doing this? Why do I like this? Why? Like, I try to be like 
self, like, like self-assessments, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, uh, and, and it just started to not add up to me. Like, oh, like, you know, would you, would you want that? Or, or, or right. I don't know. And you just get older. And like I said, it's different when you're caring for a dog it, it, itself. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's just, but it, it's such a different mentality out here. Like out here, I mean, I'll, I'll say we maybe take it a little bit too far in the Bay. I love like, it. Yeah, I would fit like, in with you guys then. People think I'm crazy for the way I am with my dogs. So I'm like, I'll just move out there with all my dogs. <laughs> yeah, like like there's this neighborhood, Willow Glen, and it's really cool because it's kind of like a little campus corner vibe, a lot of like patio yeah. restaurants and stuff. But like everything there is like dog friendly on the patio. So it's like a dog neighborhood. Oh, that's so fun. And there's like designer dog like boutiques and fucking dog bakeries and like <laughs> oh my gosh yeah, you're like there's wild. more bakeries for dogs than there are for people oh yeah or like every, even the people bakeries have like a dog section like i should you not it's it's, it's, it's really cool like before corona we were over there all the time i definitely miss it but, that is uh, so fun but yeah so just just yeah culturally and and, and i think that that divide, I mean, go, obviously goes a lot deeper issues than just dogs between Oklahoma and California. But right. just that, I feel like there's no better kind of just Venn diagram, contrast and compare example of like the societies than like when it comes to dogs. It kind of yeah. displays a lot of other things like, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, I think that states... I don't know, if you look at the, I guess, general views of different states, Oklahoma is way behind the times on a lot of different things. So obviously this is going to be one of them because it's an animal and... And it sucks. And I, you know, I, 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 I never want to come across that guy that leaves Oklahoma and then just shits on it. But at the same time, like, we just have to acknowledge these things like it's one of those things like the alcoholic doesn't stop drinking until he acknowledges the alcoholic. Like until Oklahoma realizes these things are problems. You know, you can't get going in the right direction. Yeah. And, and shout out to everybody. You know, sometimes I get like, I don't want to say survivor's guilt, but just like, like, damn, you kind of bailed on, like, instead of making it a better place, like, you you, you, you did. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. I've had those conversations. Oh, I think about myself. moving from Oklahoma all the time. And yeah. I'm like, but, I, but, I, but then, you know, I'm like, well, I've started this rescue with my team members and we're in this together and this is our whole mission. So I'm like, I can't leave here and leave this whole mass destruction to just keep going on you know and and shout out that's what i i said all that to say like i'm kind of like shout out to those people you like you and and other people doing dope shit in oklahoma that just didn't give up that just are fighting tooth and nail to just you know provide oklahoma what you know they deserve like that that's why i don't shit on oklahoma i think oklahoma deserves the world the people of oklahoma deserve the world there's just a certain segment of the population you know what I'm yes. saying? It's like holding everything back. Um, it's like if we could all just be open-minded a little bit, we can all get relevant with everything that's going on and understand. But it'll take time. But I think it'll happen. I'm confident that I am confident that we'll all get on the same page about all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, because right, if, if we can't agree on puppies, what yeah, the fuck what? can we agree on as like Americans? we'll never, we'll never find common ground, you guys. It's a like cute the, puppy. Come on, come on, right? Like if we can't <laughs> agree on this, I feel you. So I think, I think that your platform has a lot, you know, potential to bridge other parts of society as well. Um, let me ask you this: Do do you? Because I don't know if this is a misconception or just a bona fide fact, and you know better than me. Would you say that there's more like 
homeless pit bulls than other breeds? Like, do you come across see? Like, I said, I don't know if that's a stereotype, but like, no, I've seen it, a lot of it in my life. Like, seems to true. be kind of true. Yeah, right. It's true. It's true. It's definitely true. Um, and I think that pit bulls are just so overbred. Pit bulls got the whole, you know, all of the fighting dogs. Everybody wants like a mean looking guard dog that they can chain up and stuff like that. Or, you know, there are. And still... I'll say this because I don't expect you to say this. And mm-hmm. I'm going to step up and use my platform to say this. Like, like we have a real problem with this in the black community, y'all. I'm talking to you. I'm, this isn't Logan. I'm, I'm speaking to the black community here. Like this shit's got to stop. This, this fucking DMX been out of style for 20 years anyway, y'all. Fucking, like, this shit has got to stop of, like, wanting, like, you know, pit bulls and, and, and having Instagram pictures with your gun and your pit bull. That is the most ignorant goddamn shit. It, it, it makes us look bad as people. It's bad for the dogs. I'm not saying black folks don't get pit bulls. I love pit bulls. But do it the right way, responsibly. Love that fucking dog. You know what I'm saying? Don't cut off his fucking ears. Don't cut off his yes. fucking tail. Love that dog. Bring it inside when it's cold. You know what I'm saying? Get that little motherfucker a Christmas sweater. You I was going to say, saying? get him a sweater. Yeah, <laughs> and, and just do it right. Like, like I, I get it. Like, there's a cultural attachment between the, you know, black and Latino communities and the breed uh, that, you know, is pit bulls. Like, I get it. I'm not saying inherently that's wrong or bad, but it's been gone about in these ignorant-ass, terrible ways, and I've witnessed it. I've been a part of it. And 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 I so that's why I'm not speaking for no high horse. I'm speaking from experience, from being in members of these, being entrenched in these communities. This is where I'm from. That's where I spent my time in ratchet black places in Oklahoma. Like I know all about that. You ain't gonna tell me shit about that. And I know I've, I've heard these conversations. I've been in these rooms. I've been, you know, it, it, people literally sell pit bulls like drugs. It's you trap pit bulls. Like that's a thing. That's like. A, and to these desperate people in Corona that are trying to scratch, you know, and get by, I know it ain't easy to make money right now, but selling pit bulls ain't the way to do it. And, and so I just, like I said, I would never expect you to kind of come at it from that perspective, but I just like, I, I wanted to use my voice and, and my platform, you know what I'm saying? To address that and, and, and just put the rat on the table. It's, Right. I don't think we could have an honest conversation about what the topic that we're discussing if I didn't kind of just lay that out. And so I kind of just wanted to get that out of the way because yeah. it was kind of a natural transition from the pit bull question. And like I said, I wanted to just kind of take the lead. I would never expect you to go there. Right. But I, I know, like, after hearing me say that, you, you've had to see, like, examples of this, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, I've seen we've, – we've all seen so many of these things – even little small towns in Oklahoma where, you know, someone notifies us or, you know, some authority figure, somebody, you know, that has to do with animals um, about some sort of dog biting ring. And of course it's all pit bulls, you know, where there, there's just stakes, you know, out there's 40 stakes out on this big piece of land and all the dogs are chained up to these stakes and they don't get fed for a few days. And then when it's time for them to be fed, they put them in the fighting ring. So they're just going for blood. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, what can we do about this? And then come to find out the, you know, the little teeny town sheriff is in on it. Or oh, the, without or the, a doubt. Without I didn't know that that was a doubt. thing until I started seeing this like firsthand. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, we need to call the police, call the police. Like the police will go out there. And they're like, hmm, the police run it. I'm like, 
Yeah. Oh my oh, god. And yeah. that's not to say that's not to say that all police are involved in things like this. I'm just like, you know, no, that, it, I have seen it where they have been. And so I'm like, well then what do you do at that point? No, exactly. And it's man, people think of like big city corruption, like New York and LAPD, like on the take. I yeah. swear to them small town sheriffs are in on all of it. And I've lived in I've lived in Garvin County, Oklahoma. I lived Even in like County, the chicken Oklahoma. fighting. Oh yeah. Which is gross too. I'm like, that's gross too. But Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is like it, it is, which I maybe sounds ironic to me coming from a person who's a huge MMA fan. Like I love watching people fight, but oh, guess yeah. what? Same. People can consent. People can yes. consent. Yes. Right? I'm Isn't like, you're that doing that because you want about? to. You want to, exactly. Yeah. No, it, it, or 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 you find it the the, be, the best option for you. Yeah, I just, I think. No one's exploiting you to make money off you by putting you in danger where you're potentially losing your life, you know, and not feeding yeah. you. And you're, I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. It's it, crazy. Now, have you ever like had to either A, take in yourself or B, rehome a dog, like a former fighting dog before? I have not. Um. I know that one of my friends who was actually with my, she's, she's involved with our rescue now four or five animal rescue. She helped with this whole big bust. It was a small town. I can't remember what the town was, but I probably wouldn't say it anyways, just for, yeah, I feel yeah. you. but I can't, I can't even remember what it was, but it was some little, some little town around Norman. I don't know. Um, and I want to say that there were, I mean, at least 15 to 20 dogs. And so they got busted. All these dogs were taken either to the shelter or rescues were trying to find placement for them. And one of my friends actually helped get one of those dogs, kept him in her home for, I don't know. I want to say it was like a month or two at least because, I mean, like you couldn't approach this dog. He was so scared. He wasn't even mean. He wasn't a mean, aggressive dog. He was scared. So when she could finally get to him to the point where he could come out of his shell and be like, okay, wait, this is my new normal. I'm going to be fed. I'm going to be loved on. No one's going to hurt me. Um, then he was finally adopted. And I think that is a huge misconception about all of these dogs, like thinking that they're just mean dogs. And I'm like, yeah. they're not. It's like a child that's never been parented before or been running around on their own. You have to just, you just have to show them, give them time to, you know, settle in. I just think that the hugest thing about stuff like that is expecting these dogs to be perfect or expecting them to be good dogs right off the bat. But I'm like, yeah. as a person, as a person, if I'm thrown into a whole new situation, everything that I've ever known, whether it be good or bad, is ripped away and I'm thrown over here, I'm not going to act like I normally would. I'm probably going to be on edge. I'm going to be standoffish. So totally. I think yeah. that, Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and I, I got to say, shout out to you, because I love when a guest answers my next question without me oh. even having to add, ask it. So you rock. And then also, I like, I, so I, me being Mr. Da Dog Dad now, like I'm in like these multi-poo Facebook groups. Yes. And, and it's like, uh, man, what, what blows my mind, these people expect their dog to be perfect. And I'm like, bitch, you ain't perfect. Why the fuck would your dog be perfect? Like, yes. Like, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm, I can be an asshole. I have my bad days. Like, I'm yes, not, you ha I have my bad days. I get an attitude sometimes. Totally. So. Like, wh why the fuck? Like, just, it, it just, like, as an intelligent human being, why would I expect a dog to be perfect when it's a dog? Like, yeah. I just... I don't expect people to be perfect. Right. People are perfect. Like it, it blows my mind. I like posted like a video of like 
me like playing tug of war with my dog mm-hmm. and like and it's late and there's like you know like 20 comments like oh yeah my dog loves that and then like the, this one lady was like oh i don't allow my dog to do this because i was told when training him that this is bad behavior and it's like you don't let your dog have fun like your dog hates you're you. like so like, what do you do with yeah, your dog this, then? <laughs> this, like do you just want your dog to stare at the fucking wall bit? like I don't people know, think like, of them as furniture like a, yeah. a a yard a yard ornament like it's just ridiculous i'm like Whenever you get an animal, you should view them as a family member, of course. But also, I kind of think of my dogs. I'm, I'm not saying like my dogs are my children, which I'm like they are. But um, no, I feel you. I feel you. I struggle with that myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like these are my babies. Um, but when I, I mean, like whenever they're acting up, which my dogs like, they're they're really good dogs. They're big dogs, so people, you know, get kind of weirded out about them because. They also are very protective of me, which I love. I'm like, if I'm walking them and it's dark outside, nobody's coming up to mess with me. Um, yeah, that's great. But, you know, if they're at the house, you know, they're, they're not in crates. Um, they're they're, they're well-trained. But if they're at the house all day and I'm gone for work and I haven't been here in seven hours, when I get home, they're going to be rowdy. Oh, they're yeah. going to be rowdy. They're going to want me to either play with them. They're going to want to go on a walk or to the park or whatever. And so, and if I don't do that, they're going to be rowdy and annoying the entire night. So when people are like, I'm going to go to work for nine hours a day, and then I'm going to come home and sit on my couch and my dog needs to mind their business and not bother me. I'm like, that's not realistic. It's not realistic. And that's not a good life for a dog, honestly. Man, and you know what it is too? Cause like, my dog has made me so much less selfish. Like, yeah. I was, I, and I was the only child, like every selfish, like narcissist, like I, I, I've been accused a lot of that and I've been guilty of a lot of that. And like, uh, but you know, it's something I worked on, but my dog has made me so much more just like selfless. Like, cause yeah. like, guess what? If I'm tired, but my dog got a pee, it don't really mm-hmm. fucking matter that I'm tired. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, or if my I dog's agree. hungry, but I'm, my legs are sore from skating. I gotta go feed my dog. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. just, you put yourself kind of second and just, I think that's just that, talking about like bigger societal issues. Like, yeah. I think that's one that kind of bleeds down to the dogs. It's like, people are lazy and selfish. And their dogs pay the price for it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that that thing, I think that all of that will improve if the the education that dogs are not property and dogs are not, you know, lawn ornaments, or like I said, you know, an ornament to look cute in your home. It's an actual living being that needs to be taken care of. I think when that idea gets more understood just throughout everyone, then all of that will be more understood. Man, just to play devil's advocate, like, People don't even feel that way about people, though. I know. Low key, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It it sucks. It sucks. Like, but I gotta say, just like I, I don't. I I like to read body language, energy, vibes. Like, I, I, I'm a good nonverbal communicator, and like, like back in the day, like me and my boys could be like on opposite sides of the classroom, like make each other laugh with like a glance, and like, and like, so I'm. I'm good on that. And I like if you can't pick up like on like my dog talks to me with her eyes. Yes. Like her like her energy. Her, like Absolutely. Like, she'll just like like I don't know. And and I know not all dogs are like that. My dog literally like if she needs to go to the bathroom, she'll go scratch on the door. If she mm-hmm. wants to play, she'll bring me a toy. Like, yeah. She she'll literally exactly. go grab her food bowl and like slam it down with her yes. mouth. Like, like it's like, like cling cling, and I'm like, all right, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> So it's like for people to tell me that dogs don't know like when they're cold or when they're hungry or if they're loved or or that they don't have souls. 
Yeah, that's bullshit. Or don't have feelings or emotions. I'm like that. That was like, I'm anytime somebody says something like that, I'm like, then you've never been around any sort of animal. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, no doubt. And, 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 And I mean, I'm not saying that like, it's the same as like human consciousness, but it's right. a hell of a lot more than like, you know, a fish or a frog. Like there's mm-hmm. something special going on with dogs. Like it, it really is like, yeah. Uh, and, and, and then just the whole, I don't know. I, I like to get kind of just go down this stoned rabbit hole sometimes of just how, like I'll look at my tiny little multi poo and just think how like humans have like directly kind of like played God and bred new, like, yeah animals, like created like little pokemons like yeah. essentially like <laughs> like these like these dogs don't exist right yeah. like, like like there's no such thing as a wild multi poo or like right like, you know what i'm saying like we, yeah how did all of these domesticated dogs like all these different kinds well, come you, to be i, I like i, I kind of went down this rabbit hole one day and it, <laughs> like it it blew my mind how fast it happened like humans did like mil- hundreds of millions of years in evolution and like 200 years yeah. with dogs. I got shit you not like just selective breeding, like going back even like a That's couple crazy. hundred years. Like, and, and it just what else could like we've done the yeah. same thing with weed strains? Like, you could do that with any animal, anything, you yeah. To. That's, That's crazy. Like, that, 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 it's some Jurassic Park shit. Like, dogs are yes. Jurassic Park experiments. Like, oh my gosh, seriously. I would go like, to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, I'm like, that's I'll be the first person to buy a ticket to that. <laughs> So, um, have you ever, and you kind of touched on this, um, like you, have you ever seen a, like a quote unquote, like mean dog that just kind of was like unredeemable? Like it always just had like a little bit of sketch in him. Yeah. Um, there, I, I have two things, two dogs that I'd like to talk about that just like immediately came to my mind. There's one dog that, um, I've personally brought home and fostered him he was tied to a chain he was um you know this was it was either in january or february i don't know it was snowy and icy and freezing cold for oklahoma and i think it was january and um he was tied to a tree and his only it was only long enough for him to lay down right next to the tree and it was like a sloshy icy mud puddle Mm -hmm. and that that was all he had that was all he had And so somebody took him off of that chain and I had him in my home for about two months. And this dog, I mean, I loved him. He loved me and all my dogs, but he didn't know how to be a normal dog. All he knew was, you know, I don't know what I'm going to eat or drink next. And I'm freezing cold. No one takes care of me. No one talks to me. I don't have any kind of interaction. Um, so he was really difficult. He would be super nice if it was something that he was wanting to do. But when it was time to go to bed or I'm like, no, everyone has to go outside to potty before bed. And he didn't want to go. I mean, this dog was like this close. To, I mean, he almost bit my nose, like, like yeah. snapping so hard. And he was, I mean, he was a Husky, a full blood Husky, but um, he was probably only 50 pounds, but still like yeah. he was not happy with me. So I was like, oh, my God. I was like, he's trying to, like, bite me in the face. I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like, I'm not trying to get my face bit or yeah. even my hand or anything. I was like, I don't know what to do. And so I started talking to a few people that had a little bit more experience just with, you know, 
dog training in general or have had dogs like this that they've dealt with and everyone was like you have to let him know that you're the one that's the boss so they were like you don't have to be mean to him you don't have to spank him or anything like that but you have to let him know hey i'm in control here and you're gonna listen to me and so i waited you know a little while to where he could trust me enough to know hey this person is gonna you know, let me inside or outside when I want to. She's going to provide me with a warm place to sleep. I'm going to be fed, like all this stuff. And so once he trusted me and he would snuggle up to me, that's when I was like, okay, he trusts me enough. I need to show him, hey, I'm the boss. Basically, I'm the parent and you're the kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're going to listen to me. Yeah, So I had to get really stern with him, but it was amazing. Like I, I think that was my down. Yeah. I think that was my downfall with any dog that I've ever had. If I'm like, Oh, they're problematic or, Oh, they're not listening to me. I think it was because I was being too soft because I was like, I just want to snuggle them and like be nice to them. Yeah. Which is really detrimental to them. I mean, obviously you want to do that and stuff, but when it comes to situations where you're needing to discipline them, yes, the boundaries. So I really had to be stern with him and he, I'm not even kidding. It was a matter of three days. And when I would tell him like, go to bed, he would go to bed. And so I was like, Ooh, I was like, thank you, Lord. Because I didn't know what else I was going to do. Yeah. Um, Seriously though. Because I mean, if you think about it, like humans need that. Yeah. So why like going to get back to those crazy Facebook ladies who want their dogs to be perfect. It's like, it's like, if, if mm-hmm. humans need boundaries and, and authority yes. and, 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 you know, someone to keep them in check, then, then why the hell wouldn't a dog? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We've, all, we've all seen the spoiled kid that grew up to be an absolute a jerk. Shit show. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it. We all know those people. Like, And that's what I feel like I compare, like, these situations to. I'm like, this dog's never – this dog is the – kid that you went to middle school and high school with that the parents let them do whatever the heck they wanted to and then they go grow up and they're in the adult world and they're just flailing around and i don't know so i'm like somebody has to put you in your place i mean yeah yeah all um, of us all of us it's it's one of those things it's like you know quote the great ice cube check yourself before you wreck yourself like if nobody checks you life will check you like straight up like with this dog i was like i better check you before you take a chunk of my face out (laughs) yeah definitely yeah definitely definitely um man so i gotta ask you like what i mean so does does your I don't know what do you, what do you call it? Is there, do you have a nonprofit? What do you what do you call yes. your organization? Yeah, we're we're a one hundred percent certified five hundred one c three nonprofit. Um, it's called four hundred five Animal Rescue. So, um, are you guys on social media, website, yeah. anything like that? Go ahead, yeah. and check that out. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Everything, all of our tags for everything. It's four hundred five. The numbers four hundred five Animal Rescue. Um, we and we have a website too. Um, but it's just 405animalrescue.org. And we rely solely on donations. So, like, me and the two other there's, – there's me and there's two other co-founders, but then we have a few other team members, and no one is paid. Like, these are not paid positions. These are volunteer positions. We all have our, like, full-time jobs or our day jobs and stuff, and this is what we do in our free time, which – That's about us. Which ultimately takes up more time than our actual jobs do because this is, I mean, it's nonstop. But the medical cases that we take in, the euthanasia cases, all that kind of stuff, I mean, we wouldn't be able to save any of these dogs if it wasn't for donations. We don't have any, like, we don't have any, like, major donors, you know, that donate, you know, a handful amount of money each month and stuff. But when we post our stories that, hey, this is the dog that we've just saved, this is what's going on. 
they're they're really often heart-wrenching stories i mean a dog that is having super bad seizures or a dog that was set on fire or you know a pregnant mom that was dumped out in the woods and she had her babies in the woods by you know all that kind of stuff um so people see that stuff and they donate and so which is great that that we're reaching people because that's what keeps us going and we're able to save more of these dogs um and then you know our adoption fees help with that um but it really is the donations that keep us going and is there a donate link on the website yes or or where do people donate there's um people can donate through our website on our Facebook page. There's like, you know how you can, you can donate on Facebook to different organizations. We have one of those, but we have PayPal and cash app. Um, so they could just reach out to you if they were interested. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, and I can send you, um, like our links to our social media. Cool. Cool. For sure. For sure. And then also I wanted to ask you, because I've, I've been in this position myself and not known what to do. You come across a stray dog, right? It's friendly. It's everything's good. Maybe, maybe they, they don't have a phone number. They don't have a tag or whatever. Or you yeah. call the number and, and it, nobody answers or whatever the case may be. What is the next step? Because I feel like most people, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't want to call the animal shelter because like, I may be signing, this, I may be killing this dog. By, You're by like, shelter. I don't want them to put the dog down. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it say, say the owner can't find them or you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. I feel like I don't know. I feel fucked up calling the animal shelter, but I mean, obviously you can't, like most average people out there ain't just going to take random dogs home. You know what I'm right. saying? So I don't know. What is your advice to people if they find a stray or maybe find themselves in that scenario? Do you think they're better off calling a nonprofit first or something like that? So if you find a stray dog, there are certain laws that like you can't, like a rescue can't just immediately take a dog. So if somebody finds a stray dog, and this is what we always recommend to people too, like if people, people message us constantly saying, Hey, I found this dog. Can you help me? I don't want to take it to the shelter because they're yes. going to put it down. Especially mm-hmm. if it, you know, they're like, it's a pit bull. They're just going to put him down immediately. Like all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I totally understand. Obviously I don't agree with any of that stuff. And so what we tell people is if you find a stray dog or you have a dog that you come in contact with and there's no collar or tag or you can't get in contact with the owners, the first thing to do is take them, if you're able to, take them to either a shelter or a vet's office um, because they'll scan them for a microchip. The microchip is in between Mm. the shoulder blades of the dog. Um, So they'll scan for a microchip. They'll scan the whole body too just because sometimes the microchips can migrate. Um, But if there is a microchip, they'll be able to pull up the owner's information and try to get in contact with them that way, which, and it doesn't cost anything. If, if you go to, you know, it doesn't matter where you go, a shelter or a vet clinic, it won't cost you anything to do that. Um, I always recommend people taking the dog to the shelter because they can scan for the microchip. If there's not a microchip, the dog's not going to be euthanized immediately. Every single dog has to serve a stray hold time. It's different between each city. Sometimes it's five days. Sometimes it's seven days. Sometimes it's three days. I mean, it just depends on the city. So if you were to take a dog, you can kind of ask, you can ask them, you know, hey, what's your stray hold time? And if you give your information that, hey, I was the one that brought this dog in, they'll let you call and check in on that dog. So okay. you can, you'll know if they've been picked up by their owner or, you know, if a rescue has tagged them or something like that. So with that being said, during that stray hold time, most of the time rescue there's there's a group that rescues are in it's not available to the public but rescues will post and say 
Hey, this dog came in. We don't know if it has an owner or not, but here's some, here's some of the information about this dog. Can anybody help this dog if, if he's not reclaimed by his owner? And so a lot of times rescues, some rescue, I mean, cause there's so many of us, a, a lot of times somebody will be able to help the dog. And okay, so it's, it's not, very it's not rare. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, okay. it's not as like doom and gloom as you would think when you're like, I'm dropping this dog up at the shelter. This is a yeah. death sentence. No, it's so really like not snitch. that bad. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, like I said, rescues are definitely notified before anything like that were to happen. But also this like certain day, you know, stray hold time has to be served. So even if the dog isn't microchipped, the owner has enough time to come to call the shelter to come by to see if their dog is there. And I mean, a lot of times it ends up in a good situation. The only time I think that that's another thing. I think that people talk about like kill shelters or they're like, we need more no kill shelters. I'm like, I don't really think there's such a thing as no kill shelters. Um, We don't have enough space. When we have, when we have a thousand dogs and we have 300 kennels, what are we going to do? Yeah, actually, and and that's precisely, I I have one last final question for you. And and it's essentially that exact question. So once again, shout out to you. Uh, But, you know, Logan's president for a day or whatever, you know, you're king of the universe, queen of the universe. You can you can snap your fingers and make something happen. Is there in like logical alternative to like euthanasia? Like, is there? You know what I'm saying? Or or is it just kind of an inevitability? And like, not everything's you know peaches and roses. You know what I mean? At this point in time, and I hate to be like I don't want to be a bearer of bad news, but I feel like at this point in time, euthanasia is inevitable. I mean, like. I mean, for some dogs, because the solution to this problem is spay and neuter laws. So it's like it's further up the the upstream. The problem is like by the time you get to euthanasia, that's the mouth of the The whole problem. Yeah. Yeah. The whole problem has already happened and been happening and way past like anybody blocking that threshold. Um, I think that people blame shelters a lot of the times, which, you know, we're not a shelter. We're a rescue. We partner with shelters, but the shelter workers, I mean, like people always try to blame them. I'm like, they wouldn't be working there if they didn't care about saving the animals or taking care of these animals. But people are always like, you're murderers. You're trying to kill these dogs. Blah, blah. I'm like, you don't understand. You don't understand. That's, yeah. That's probably the worst day of their month or whatever. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, nobody's out there. You know, it's not like, you know, freaking, you know, Nazis or, you know what I mean? It's no. just, yeah. It, yeah. I feel you. That's probably an unfair character characterization, you know, of, it's, of the shelter. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, they hate it. The shelter workers hate it. Everybody hates it. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Nobody. So, I mean, when everyone's like, we need more no-kill shelters, I'm like, how? How will we have no-kill shelters when we don't have funding and we don't have a facility or we don't have people that are willing to take in an animal to foster? I'm like, that's not an option. I'm like, yeah, don't just point people, fingers, be part of the solution. Yeah, yeah. Those those super uber idealistic people, like honestly, like lose the whole movement's credibility. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. And that, that translates to whatever the cause may be. Every cause has every cause, yes. Yeah, that they're just over idealistic. They like, just want to no. have an opinion and point fingers. And I'm like, just okay, nobody cares about your angry your anger right now. Just help help out if this is what you care about be part of the solution 
Yeah, there's there's things that'll work in theory, and then there's things that work in practice, and I feel yeah. like people lose that concept all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, that's all I have for you, and, and I mean, I really enjoyed it, and, and yeah. thank you so much. You no, know, for thank you for having that. me. Yeah, this was a really good episode. Um, you know, it's gonna be available on the video will go to YouTube, and then the audio goes to like you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the platforms. So everybody that wants to check it out on there, and um, yeah, you know, follow um, you know, Logan's work, what she's doing, and you know, just I think like 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 everybody thinks you have to volunteer or do something drastic, like. Like we we're talking about upstream, you can be part of the the solution upstream mm-hmm. by not having these accidental litters, by spay and neuter, by by not you know buying puppy meals, by by you know just being a responsible pet owner and, and, yeah. and giving you know and just living your life right. Essentially, like that translates. That's how a lot of life boils down. Just do the I right agree. Thing. And you know what I mean. Try to make good decisions. You know that'll benefit you know the greater you know society as a whole. But uh, but yeah. I said thank you so much for being a part of episode 27. We'll go ahead and wrap it up, and I hope you have a great rest thank of your day. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, wishing you much success. Thank you for all you're doing.